Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the Work With Me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. Hello everybody and welcome to Vegan Business Talk. I'm your host Katrina Fox and today's episode is a solo episode. It's just me. And today I'm going to be talking to you about how to pitch yourself as a guest to be on a podcast or on an online TV show and how to do it the right way. Um, Because I had a couple of situations have come up um, recently as I'm the host of two podcasts, this one, Vegan Business Talk, and also Conversations with Vegan Women Leaders. And I wanted to share those with you to show you what not to do, but then also to show you uh, what to do to increase your chances of getting on a show. So we'll kick off and I'm going to mainly talk about podcasts, but it's applicable to others, other things as well, such as online TV shows, for example. Um, and it can even be applicable to other types of mainstream media. But I'm going to talk particularly about uh, podcasts and online TV shows and pitching yourself as a guest. So, as I mentioned, I have a couple of podcasts and I've been a journalist for 25 years. And so I'm on media databases, I'm on the radar of publicists um, and, and others. So I actually got a couple of pitches quite recently and they were both from publicists, which was a bit shocking. Um, and I, I just wanted to share uh, what was not great about these situations so that you don't make the same mistake because I know that not all vegan business owners and entrepreneurs can afford to hire uh, publicists and so you might want to be doing your own PR so I I want to make sure that you get it right because I also do get pitched from vegan business owners and entrepreneurs um, and it's not always great there either so I just wanted to give you a few tips on this episode so the first thing is check to see if the show that you're pitching to has some guidelines and criteria. Now, not all shows have this. It actually took me a little while. I've been running uh, Vegan Business Talk for quite a while now, a few years now, 
And I didn't immediately at the beginning, I didn't have pitch guidelines, but I have added those now. And they're also available for conversations with vegan women leaders. So what this is, is uh, pitch guidelines and criteria basically tells you what the show is about, uh, what type of guests, if you have guests on, what the format is, you know, whether it's live streamed or audio only, um, if there's any other criteria. So for example, for this show, Vegan Business Talk, my one of my criteria is that uh, businesses have to have been running for at least three years. Um, so I don't typically interview startups on this show because this show is really about providing um, information such as challenges and strategies for success from vegan business owners to share with other vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, so those are my particular criteria. Different shows will have different criteria. And I've stated very clearly in my pitch guidelines that this is not a health show. It's a business show because I get a lot of both publicists and also vegan business owners and entrepreneurs uh, pitching either themselves or a guest saying, oh, yes, and they can talk about gluten-free or, you know, the benefits of plant-based eating. Those are all great topics, but they're not the right topics for vegan business talk. So first of all, as I mentioned, check to see if the show has any particular pitch guidelines. If it doesn't, then what you need to do is listen to uh, at least a couple of episodes and check the description. If it's a podcast in Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, there will usually be a brief little summary or description of what the show is. So just make sure that you have an idea of what the show is and its format um, before you send in your pitch. So I had something happen two things, actually. And as I mentioned, they're both from publicists. Um, I had them, they pitched their guest. Um, uh, sorry, they pitched their client to me to be a guest on my show, one of my shows. And I, what I typically do is if they haven't already read the pitch guidelines, I, t if I, I think they kind of might sound interesting, either they or the, themselves or the client might sound interesting. I quickly flip back an email saying, here are the pitch guidelines and criteria uh, please take a look and then get back to me. So what I do in my pitch guidelines, I ask people to reply back, answering various questions. And then at the bottom, I have, please include a short bio and a headshot uh, photograph of either yourself or your client, depending on who's doing the pitching. So I did that in this instance with the first one. They answered all the questions, which was great, and then said, oh, we'll, we won't send the bio and the photo until the interview is, until the client has scheduled their interview. And I was like, what? Um, now, that's not helpful, okay? Um, there's no reason to do that. Um, it, you know, I'm not going to do anything bizarre with the photo and the bio other than use it for my show. So that was very strange. It's also annoying because I, I re it's really helpful to have it in one place. And also journalists don't want to have a lot of a lot of toing and froing back and forth with emails. So basically what that publicist should have done is with the Q&A or the questions, the responses um, back to me, should have just included the bio and the headshot photo of the client. I would have had it all in one email. I can then set it up on my system because I use StreamYard, which is what I'm using now to broadcast here. So things have to be set up and scheduled. So that put a delay and a dent in my getting my assistant to upload um, the, the that particular interview uh, to StreamYard. So, you know, it was kind of annoying. 
So then about two weeks later, I still hadn't got the, the client had scheduled. So the client had scheduled herself. I thought, okay, this is great. Um, but I still hadn't got the bio and the photo. So I had to reach out to the publicist and say, hey, can you please send the bio and the photo so we can get it set up on our system? A few days went by, nothing. In the end, I ended up connecting with the client on LinkedIn and messaging them saying, can you please send me a photo, which they did. I'd also then followed up a second time with the publicist. And then I think about a week later, I eventually got photos from them. So that was quite shocking to me, um, especially, you know, for a professional publicist to to do that, um, because it's really important to make journalists jobs as easy as possible. And that includes people who are podcasters or bloggers or, you know, who have online shows of any kind. Um, now, the second example I had also came from a publicist for a different guest. And they, again, same thing happened. They pitched their guest. I thought, okay, they sound interesting. I replied back, here's the pitch guidelines. They replied back nice and quickly with the responses. um, And they also included um, a photo and, um, yeah, they included a photo, but then they said, oh, we're still updating the bio. We'll send it as soon as it's updated. So, again, that was a little bit frustrating because, again, you know, I haven't then got it all in that one email and it's just easy to find rather than trying to search several emails for photos here and bios here, etc. Um, but I thought, okay. So I waited and then they did send it through. But when they sent it through, uh, they initially sent it through as a Word document. Then they said, oh, and here, hang on a minute, don't use that. Here's an updated version and it's all designed. And what they'd sent was a PDF and it was all beautifully designed and it looked nice and that was fine, but it wasn't actually that helpful to me as a journalist. I just wanted the bio. And if you know about PDFs, you'll know that when you try and copy text from a PDF and put it into a Word document, which is what most you know writers, journalists, et cetera, use, you lose all the formatting. So then I've got to spend time or my assistant's got to spend time, you know, formatting, reformatting the text. Whereas if it was sent in Word, I can just do a straight copy and paste and then do any little tweaking that's necessary. So that was slightly, you know, minor, you know, it wasn't like I had to keep going back and forth to chase. Um, But I ended up just using the the Word, the text from the Word document um, that they'd sent through. I also had requested a short bio of 50 to 100 words. And this publicist actually sent like a, you know, an essay, um, which again, you know, was time consuming. I had to go in and and kind of tweak it. But that said, at least I had the information there and I could tweak it. And I'm going to talk to you about how you can make it easy for journalists by having different length bios um, shortly. So those were a couple of, um, yeah, incidences that happened that I thought it would be helpful for me to share because even though they were from publicists pitching their uh, their guests at uh, their clients, it's helpful to you if you're going to be putting yourself out there and pitching yourself. And I recommend that you do. Um, particularly, you know, podcasting is just kind of going off. You know, it initially was popular, then it kind of evened out, and now, you know, due to COVID and 2020, uh, you know, everyone and their dog has started a, a podcast. You know, we've got celebrities and politicians, you know, all starting their their podcast. So um, if you are going to be putting yourself out there, highly recommend that you get yourself onto shows. So how do you do that in the best way? As I mentioned, first of all, get to know the show. Watch uh, watch or listen to at least a couple of episodes and then check to see if the if there are pitch guidelines and make sure you follow those when you then reach out via email or 
there might be an online application form just fill an online format it's different and just follow those guidelines okay so one of the important things to have is a media kit and I'm going to give you an example of someone who does this really well who I'm going to be interviewing on conversations with vegan women leaders um, and that's Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Now many of you will have heard of Colleen, she's a renowned vegan author and speaker and her moniker is the joyful vegan which I love, I think that's lovely, I love seeing certain words next to the word vegan like joyful and vegan uh, which is wonderful but interestingly uh, I actually had reached out to Colleen um, to to invite her to be a guest so she hadn't you know she or her, her assistant or publicist hadn't reached out to me I'd reached out to her but what was interesting is Colleen has got an autoresponder on her email so when I sent the email I immediately got an autoresponder back saying you know thank you for getting in touch with Colleen and then there's a whole list of depending on who you are and why you're getting in contact so if you're sort of you know random kind of member of the public um, it says you know look you may find resources here and then there's a lovely section which I was really happy about it says if you are uh, calling from the media or you're looking to set up an interview with Colleen, please find her media kit here, which contains her bios and um, a, a range of headshots and lifestyle photos. And I was like, oh, yes. Interestingly, Colleen is also her, a podcast host. She's got a couple of podcasts herself. And I did notice there's a line in her auto email that said, if you are pitching yourself or your client to be a guest on Colleen's shows, please be advised that that's not the format of the show. We don't have guests, um, but good luck. And I thought that was really interesting because she's obviously been sent lots of pitches for people to be a guest on her show when just having a quick cursory glance or a listen to a couple of episodes, it would be clear that she doesn't have guests. That's just, a, you know, the format of her show. It's a, a solo, solo episode shows. So again, that kind of underlines my point of, you know, instead of wasting both your time and the journalist, the podcast host, TV host's time in sending inappropriate pitches on inappropriate topics or pitching yourself as a guest when the show doesn't even have guests, um, you know, far better to spend that little bit of time, you know, getting to know the show and what it's about before sending in your pitches. So, a media kit. I've talked about this before. I've got a section in my book, Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business about it. I've got a blog post on veganbusinessmedia.com on what is a media kit and what do you need to include in it. So I'm going to reiterate some of that here. So an online media kit is basically a place on your website. So it's linked, typically linked from your website. Um, and when people click on it, they are taken to a cloud drive. So you just need to use any kind of cloud drive storage facility. So it could be Google Drive, it could be Dropbox, or, you know, whatever uh, other types of cloud storage there are, there two that immediately spring to mind. So it's really simple. Most people have got that and you typically can get that for free, like free versions of, of various cloud storage um, options. So basically what you do on there is you put documents on there, um, documents and images on there. And you can uh, put subfolders in there, such as headshot photos, and put your headshot photos in there, lifestyle photos, you put them in there. I'm going to be explaining a little bit more about those in a moment. Your bios document, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, 
if you have a, a business, uh, you might have a bio specifically about your business. If you sell products in your business, you might have product images and product information. So basically, if you've got staff, you might include some of your key staff, um, their bios as well. Um, so basically, it's a, an online hub. It's a single place that journalists can go to to get your information and select what they need. So I'll just go through a couple of those in, in a little bit more detail. So a bios document. Now, I'm using that in the, in the plural. You notice I'm not saying a bio document. I'm saying bios because what I recommend, and you can check out my media kit, my online media kit to see what I mean. If you go to veganbusinessmedia.com, there's a link there that says media kit and then you click and then it takes you to, I think it's a Google Drive and you can have a look and actually see that in action. But basically a bios document, so it's a single word document and I've got like a literally a one sentence bio. Then I've got a short bio, which might be, you know, 25, 30 words, maybe 50 words. Then I've got a, a medium bio, that's maybe 150 words. And then I've got a long bio, which I think is about maybe three to 400 words. So there's different options. And the beauty of having that is, for example, with the one sentence bio, if you're writing an article for a media outlet um, and you get the option to have your little bio at the end of it, some outlets only want or will only allow one sentence rather than a, a chunk of a paragraph. And rather than making the journalist do all the work, which is what I had to do with one of the other uh, guests that I mentioned, you know, of kind of, you know, reworking and, uh, you know, the bio is to have those different versions so that they can easily just go, ah, oh, yes, this one is is suitable and, and use that. It's all about making the journalist's job as easy as possible. So that's your bios document. And again, you can take a look at that on mine to see how I've uh, crafted those. Photos, headshot photos. So you need good headshot photos. Now, I've always recommend having professional headshot photos taken. I know it it's been a bit tricky with 2020, um, you know, with lockdowns in various countries and so on. Um, so if you absolutely haven't got or can't get a professional headshot, then, you know, you may be able to get away with a decent high resolution image of yourself. Um, by high resolution, I mean, when the photo is taken, it's got, it's a large, it's got lots of pixels in it. So when, if, if for example, it's going to be used in print, um, what will happen is it gets, as the image gets larger, if it's low resolution, it will pixelate and you don't want that. You want a nice sharp image. But when and if you can, I do recommend um, getting professional headshot done because it's really worth it. And you can typically get, unless you change your appearance radically, you can typically get about five years out of, you know, a good headshot photo. You don't want to go too much longer than that. But, you know, if you go to kind of 10 years and, you know, you're you know, naturally aging, then, you know, people, if you've got a banner up, I've had this um, done myself, actually, I when I had my previous headshots done, not the current set that I've got, uh, the previous ones, I basically got the, the photographer to like completely airbrush any wrinkles out. And when I was at events like veg fests or, you know, other events, and I had my pull up exhibition banner on with a photo of me, and then I'm standing next to it, with my natural wrinkles and they're looking and they're kind of like oh oh it's you um so yeah you you don't want a photo that's too out of date but you should be able to get about five years 
out of a good headshot photo. Um, secondly, you want some lifestyle photos. Now, what are lifestyle photos? Basically, these are ones where you you can have these done in a photo shoot um, as well, like a professional photo shoot. But with this, you can also put in high resolution images that may have been taken on a camera. So as long as they're good quality, they're not pixelated or distorted or anything. They're just nice, clear, sharp, bright photos of you. And it could be you you know, I don't know if you've got a product, eating your product or tasting your product. It could be you with an animal, like, for example, in my media kit, I think I've got a couple of pictures of me, one at animal sanctuaries, one with a sheep, one with a goat. Um, so they're just kind of more, uh, you know, what we call lifestyle shots, you know, maybe you in action kind of doing something rather than the formal headshot. So ideally, you have both um, so that uh, journalists can choose that. And recently, so for example, I'll give you an example of why that's helpful. Um, you know, like I've recently been asked to judge some awards and they said, oh, can you please send your bio and can you send your um, a headshot and a couple of lifestyle shots? Now, rather than me, and this is good for you, it saves you time as well as the media outlet, rather than me having to run around trying to, you know, look at all different folders on my computer. Now, where's that picture of me with the sh Timmy the sheep or, you know, and all of that, I can just re reply straight back to the journalist, say, yeah, fantastic. You can find everything you need, bios, lifestyle shots here, link to my online media kit. Super helpful for me, super helpful for uh, the people at the other end, including the journalists. So this is the benefit of having that media kit where things are just in that one place. So your, your bios document, your headshot photos, professional photos, and your lifestyle photos. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, you might want to have, so as well as your own bio about you, you might want to, if you have a, a business or a nonprofit or, or anything like that, then you might want to have a bio document about your business where you're just, you know, talking about the business, what it is, what it does. Um, you might want to include even a timeline of the business. So when it started, you know, and in any key developments, I don't mean like, you know, put every single thing in there but you know kind of key development so you know if you expanded to you know a new facility or you got you know a large chunk of investment at a particular time you could do like a little um like a chronicle um history timeline which could be helpful um if you have staff then you you might not want to list everybody if you've got a bigger company with lots and lots of staff, you might not necessarily want to put everybody in, particularly if you're in an industry where staff is changing. But certainly some of your key staff, you might want to put their uh, bios in there as well um, and potentially um, images, headshots um, as well. That's an, op an option. Um, and then, yeah, photos. If you've got products, then have some good products photos taken. And again, remember how I said it's a good idea to have professional headshots taken. If you've got products, it's really good idea to invest in a professional product photographer. And that may not be the same person that does your headshots. In fact, it's unlikely to be because um, photographers will often specialize and taking photos of people is very different to taking photos of products. Um, there's a particular skill set there. I actually did an interview quite a while ago now with um, Hannah Kaminsky, who's a really talented uh, vegan photographer. She's also an author as well. And uh, she specializes in product photography. And she does give some um, useful tips and ideas in that episode. And I can put a link to that in the, the show notes page. But that's Vegan Business Talk, Hannah Kaminsky. So yeah, if you've got products, 
definitely um, have some product photography. Make sure your products are well lit. That's really um, important. If you absolutely really can't uh, invest in a product photographer, then yes, you can take the photos yourself. But I'm not sure that taking a photo with your iPhone is necessarily going to cut it. Um, but, you know, if you've got some kind of photography skills and you've got good lighting and you can manage to do it, then then, you know, you can do that. But ideally, um, have some pro um, products taken, uh, product photos taken. So those are my key tips for how to pitch yourself to be on a podcast, to be a guest on a podcast or on a TV show, an online TV show, um, you know, what to do and what not to do. So I, I hope that's clear. It's and it's it's relevant to all media in terms of just being familiar with the types of stories that, that the media outlet covers, making the journalist job easy as easy as possible. That's definitely across uh, the board and having an online media kit is super important for whether that's also important if you you can have a some people have a separate speaker kit if you're someone who does public speaking some people have a separate speaker kit and in that speaker kit they might have a nice fancy designed pdf um and that's fine but for your media kit um you want that in in word uh format so that journalists can copy and paste so as I mentioned, there is some information. There's a blog post on veganbusinessmedia.com on how to put a media uh, kit together. So it basically covers what I've said here with maybe a little bit more detail so you can refer back to that. This is something you can do very simply and easily on your own. Uh, you don't need you know, anyone else particularly to help with this as long as you've got your, your photos. You might need some help with perhaps writing your bios, um, you know, writing your about page um, but if you're comfortable doing that you can also do that yourself and just put that into your online media kit previously media kits would have been uh, physical you know like brochures sent through the post but that you know that was a long time ago um, so now it's super easy and af easily affordable to have an online media kit and you just as I say if you've got a website which I highly recommend you do, um, you just have a link from your website saying media kit. Um, so you can either do that yourself or get your web person to do it. Um, it's super quick, so very easy to do. So I hope that's been helpful. Now, if you are someone who is serious about doing your own PR and getting yourself onto podcast shows and other media, and perhaps at the moment you can't yet afford to hire a publicist or a PR agency, but you want to do your own PR, um, I would invite you to check out my online PR course, which is called Vegans in the Limelight. And I go into great detail about everything you need to know about how to get PR for yourself, whether that's in print, online, uh, podcast, radio, TV, uh, everything. It's all covered. It has video training. There are templates for how to pitch journalists. You can just plug and play and put your own content in there. There's also how to write a press release. And again, a plug and play templates for you to put your own content in. And throughout the 12 months, you can ask questions on the learning platform. You can also uh, upload onto the platform your proposed pitch and press release. And I will give you feedback before you send it on to the journalists. Um, so you can find out more about that, including lots of other resources at veganbusinessmedia.com.
So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.